Good to have you. The Bill Michael Show Live Radio Row. We are here in Phoenix, Arizona. The Chiefs and the Eagles getting ready to get underway. And uh, more X's and O's from uh, the Chiefs and Eagles side of things. Uh, Don Davis, a retired player, senior director of player affairs for the National Football League, uh, supposed to swing by, but I know he was running a little bit late. They texted us earlier, which is common, especially this later in the day. So uh, if he swings by, he swings by. If he doesn't, he doesn't. In the meantime, our guy Mike Clemens here hanging out with us. And uh, so, Mike, um, you know, I was sitting here uh, kind of describing last night and walking around old Scottsdale. We had a chance to do that, myself and Erica and Kristen. And uh, we missed you last night, but tonight you get to hang with us a little bit and uh, do the cigars with the stars thing. So, which is always fun, which Kyle Turley and Jim McMahon, everybody uh, are obviously going to be at. But you've been on the uh, on the Eagles beat and the Kansas City Chiefs beat. Uh, like when you were talking about, you know, being able to share a little bit with Patrick Mahomes, and we saw him on opening night and such too. But um, is there a – there's a – most people seem to think the Eagles are the most talented team, most dominant team in the trenches. They can win. They don't have a weakness in a lot of different areas. The Chiefs, they have the experience. They have Patrick Mahomes and they have Andy Reid. So – is I, there's neither, neither team, in my opinion, that comes into this as an underdog. You know what I mean? There's not a drastic difference between these two teams. Well, it's just, though, that the roster for the Eagles is more filled out. Mm-hmm. Uh, with some of the veterans they've got, the level of physicality that they play on their defense. Right. Um, and, you know, the way I look at the game, Bill, is um, Jalen Hurts might have an average game but he could still run with the football and so could miles sanders and they could still beat you because that defense is so strong right i think if patrick mahomes has an off night i don't think the chiefs have much of a chance right i think that's kind of the big difference there between those two teams Mm -hmm. even though um you know uh, patrick mahomes looked really good and and resourceful uh, just a you know week and a half removed from the high ankle sprain against the Bengals and the run that to get them in the field goal range as well. So, uh, but I, I think a huge advantage is Andy Reid, the experience of the coach, the experience of Steve Spagnuolo, mm-hmm. you know, which we played a little bit of my chat with him yesterday. I mean, if there's two guys in the NFL that could find a way to crack Nick Sirianni, you know, and Jonathan Gannon, their defensive coordinator, who probably is going to get a job after this, you know, as a head coach, right. maybe next year. Um, I, I, I trust that Andy and Spags can find a way to, to pick the lock, you know. And, and I talked to Spags, well, yesterday at length about how they he went up against an 18-0 Patriots team with Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, Randy Moss, and all those guys that they had on defense, and they won. They right. found a way to get it. So if Spags can figure out a way to shut down the RPO, ga- RPO game, because, man, Sirianni's really got that down with that. I mean, Jalen Hurts takes the snap. He's looking downfield. He only has to throw a slant, you know, mm-hmm. um, or he can hand off to Miles, or he can carry it himself, and he's a great runner. By the way, that's like my first time to really be that close to Jalen Hurts. Yeah. He's a lot bigger man than I than I thought he would be. Yeah. A lot bigger. Well, that's a guy that uh, they do the videos of him doing squats and working on his legs and, you know, doing four, five, six hundred pounds. 
and which is one of the reasons when they go for it on fourth down with just quarterback sneaks and him plunging forward and guys getting behind him and shoving the pile because he can do it. Man, I'll He's tell you what, guy. though. He can do it. Uh, that for, for 24 years old and the leap that he has made in the last year as a vocal leader, as a, as a speaker at the Super Bowl for the last three days, um, He's a really centered young guy for 24 years old. Yeah. And he's talking about, you know, the purpose of this, um, playing for kids, being a role model that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's, you know, he could be uh, the next legend for, I mean, one that I can't really think that Philadelphia's had at the quarterback level except, you know, Donovan McNabb, who was, Sort of there, you know. Right. Jaws forty years ago, Ron Jaworski. Um, he, you know, he could be really something for the next several years. Now, what about the throwing arm? Well, you know, you talk to the receivers. Um, I was talking to uh, Devontae Smith yesterday. He he said, "Fine, long balls back." That, mm-hmm. that Jalen Hurst can throw the long ball, but I don't even know if he needs to. I think that they could just keep moving the change and. And dominating the clock with their running game and and, and with a defense that's going to shut down maybe the Chiefs on three right. and outs. And, but I think it's going to be a really tight game. I really do. Interesting. Uh, you were just over at uh, the Pat McAfee set, and they had Tyler Haneke on. He just said that, uh, yeah, he would he would want to go back to the Packers. He'd want to go play for the Packers. You know, should they decide to move on and need a backup for Jordan Love, he'd love to go back and play for the, go back and play for the Packers, his childhood team. Yeah. So, yeah, well, I, I don't think that's going to happen. But no, I don't think yeah, so. But uh, just an FYI, so, so. I, I saw some of the uh, some of the world go a little bit bananas because uh, it's all about the Packers. We know at this point. Let me ask you this: with uh, Greg Williams coming in, uh, the new defensive backs coach, they found their guy. We thought maybe Matt Lafleur and his group would be here, kind of you know searching, so to speak, as a lot of coaching heads and people are coming into town for the honors banquet and such tonight. You know, which is going to take place upstairs that uh, maybe they would be here, but uh, on the outside in, they've got their guy, uh, Greg Williams. So give me your thoughts on uh, the hiring of Williams as the uh, the new Packers uh, defensive backs coach. Does he have a connection with Joe Barry? Uh, that I don't know. That I don't know. Uh, my assumption is that he does. Yeah. Um, I, I was kind of... I, I was kind of... Uh, kind of looking to see if he had something that, uh, you know, Williams was the defensive backs coach for the Colts and then the Broncos and the cornerbacks coach for the Cardinals over the last five seasons, and he worked with Vance Joseph. Um, but I did not see, like, a direct connection to... Uh, Either him or Lafleur. To him or Lafleur, yeah, to Joe Barry or Lafleur, yeah. Yeah. No, you know, I don't have that much information on him, quite frankly. Yeah. So, you know, that's going to be interesting to, to see. Um, yeah, well, and so, you know, the, there, I thought that maybe LaFleur would be out here for that, obviously getting that done, but I, I, there's a whole bunch of other assistant coaches that are, right. are out, out and about, I know, that are in town that are talking to people. And, you know, one of the reasons I know that, well, because also the Sharks are circling around the Chiefs coaching staff. Yeah. And, you know, not, not only Eric Benemy, but some of the other assistants like that. Yeah. And I haven't seen uh, Adam Scheffner or uh, Ian Rappaport around the team hotels as much as I have this week. 
Yeah. Well, I think they think that there's going to be uh, there's a still for what are the opening cha- open chairs that are left out there mm-hmm. for coordinator positions for head coaching positions right. that kind of thing. Um, they think that these two teams right now have, they've been talking to those coaches a lot. Yeah, you know. yeah. I have not. Uh, you know, oh, the t- which the team hotels now they're not right downtown here. The downtown hotel is the media. And you see these guys. I saw Schefter walking around the other day. As a matter of fact, I saw him out in Scottsdale uh, last night for a little bit. Uh, and then he said he had to take off and he was going somewhere else. And I saw. Was he riding the donkey thing again? Did so, he? No, he did. Okay. That was, was the big sombrero? No, I didn't okay, see him riding the donkey. Night. That's a different yeah, night. Yeah, I didn't okay. see him riding the donkey. Uh, and thus, of course, it's some club that I don't know about. Which, sure. You know, riding the donkey is a whole different thing. Uh, is, who's that? Was it? That wasn't J.J., was it? No. Okay, I didn't think so. Um, I only saw the side of him. I thought J.J. Watt walked by. The uh, Chiefs Hotel is 10 minutes from our house that we're staying yeah. at right now. Right. Um, the uh, Eagles are at the NFC Hotel where the Giants were, you know, back at Super Bowl 42. It's way out in Houston, a place called Wild Horse. Yeah. They have their press conference today at 4 o'clock. Beautiful place, but it's, you know, I'm, and and really heightened security out there yeah. by the way when you pull up you have to turn your engine off on the car and the dogs go around completely around their car the security dogs yeah. looking for stuff well I, I was telling uh i was listening coming in it was like monday i think and they were talking about uh years ago when the super bowl was here um that nobody knew about it but there was a guy that had loaded up his car with explosives loaded it up with automatic weapons and he was going to go he was hitting the super bowl and called his family and yeah. his family talked him out of it and such and nobody knew about it sad truth scary and, times you know yeah guess what the nfl's a huge target and that's right you see these security barriers on that's what i was going to say and, yeah and like downtown you can't even get near this building without cement barriers in front of it no it was very fun they, they had three dogs going around my rental car yeah and then the dogs looked up to the the, the captain there of, of the dogs and barked three times, and he said, "Sir, do you have any Braunschweiger on your car?" So, and they <laughs> caught me red-handed. I was <laughs> sneaking in with. Oh, that's awesome! What did they find your you weed, know. Mike? Yeah. yeah, they found Mike's weed. No, yeah. no they found my Braunschweiger. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 awesome. Um, uh, Nick Sirianni is a really interesting guy. Very fast processor. Listen to his press conferences for the last uh, three days. Um, very resourceful guy. You know, at, at first, the first 20 minutes you're in the room with him, it's like, this is like the offensive coordinator, right? This is like the tight ends coach. Mm-hmm. No, this is the head coach. But he's got a quick answer for everything. He really right. does. You know, knowledgeable. He's worked his way up, you know, through the ranks. And then, of course, you know, they keep on repeating this story about how, you know, he was working uh, for Todd Haley and those guys at uh, the Chiefs. They got, they had a horrible season. Um, they were all, they changed the head coach. They hired Andy Reid the minute he was uh, available. And Andy had to come in and, and, and say to Nick, hey, listen, I got a guy lined up as receivers coach. Anything I can do to help you. But, uh, you know, now these two guys few years later meet up as opponents in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. it's just amazing you know and and of, of the 31 other teams Nick has got to be the head coach of the Eagles where Andy was for right what 14 years so um, that's pretty amazing yeah I talked to Mahomes today 
Um, and I asked him specifically, and I just saw Lee Steinberg, the famous uh, agent. We had him on earlier today, too. Yeah, yeah. Lee on yeah. today? Yeah. Yeah, about that time when Lee brought over. Did he also bring Aaron Jones to you before he was He, he brought us Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. He repped them both. He did? And yeah, when we were, I, I don't know if it was here or if it was uh, San Francisco. Yeah. But uh, I remember we, uh, I think it was San Francisco. Um, and he walked over. And to this day, we, we talk about it, but he walked over and gave me a wink. He said, I got two guys, two, two college kids I'm repping. You know, just trying to make the rounds. He said, you might want to talk to him. Yeah. And, I, you know, it's it's because there's a lot of guys that, you know, you'll get that'll get brought here. But Lee tends to bring his guys. And I said, eh, OK, you know, it's to get Lee on, you know. And Lee gave me a wink. He's like, yeah, you want to talk to these guys and winked again. So, OK. So we talked to him. We met. Aaron Jones, his family, obviously, at the time. And it was a tremendous conversation. Uh, a lot of very short answers, yes, sir, no, sir, that type of thing. So I had to really work to kind of pull it out of him. Jamal Williams was fun. You know, he's the dancer. He's the guy that uh, was you know, was giddy. But we sat down, talked to both of them, and Lee said, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you got to know these guys a little bit, and they get to know you. Wink. And I'm so thinking, you already thought that the Packers had so, interest? So I'm sitting here at Super Bowl, and then as their names began to come up, for the NFL draft, I went, and then when they called Aaron Jones, I went, I got it. So apparently there was already yeah, an Jamal interest Jamal went first. Yeah. And then Aaron Jones, you know, was the Jones was the came next, in. And they brought in the three running backs. Yeah. Year. And uh, it, I kind of got the sense that uh, he and Ted Thompson had already talked. Hmm. That maybe there was some interest there. So um, Marquez Valdez-Scaling, um, if there's a segment tomorrow that's open, I know your book back-to-back with guests. Maybe we could do it sometime next week or something. But I got to spend more time with him today because, you know, I said to him, you know, you really kind of kept to yourself for those four years in Green Bay. Mm -hmm. But that's just his M.O. There was a time, do you remember doing like one hour with him at the Kohler Lodge on a Friday night across the street from Lambeau Field? Yep. Yeah, I did. And, you know, his marketing agent, I think Brian Lammy brought him over. Right, Right, right. Okay. So, you know, I, I think, boy, this is, could be a long hour because he's kind of quiet and to the point when when he's on the clock trying to interview this guy at a locker after a practice, after a game. But, uh, no, he actually filled up the whole hour. We found out he was right. a really nice nice kid at the yeah. time, you know, nice young man. And then, But, you know, he was kind of to himself. He had a couple of friends on the team, but um, he's, he – he was at Lambeau till four or five in the afternoon, and then he went home and just chilled, and studied and studied. He got a husky for a dog. Remember that? Right, right. He called that dog Ace. Ace, and it was high energy around his house, jumping yeah. on his furniture all over his apartment. He had to get a dog walker for when he was at work. Yes, because the dog had so much energy. Yeah, yeah. So he also mentioned, you know, well, growing up in Lakewood, which is just south of St. Petersburg, Florida, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit rough. So, so today I said, well, so when you said that, I said. Did you have a, a tough family background? No, no. My dad was an engineer. My dad is the defensive back coach at my old high school right now. Oh, okay. Great. Great. So he said, no. He said, but, you know, South Petersburg? Yeah. That's that's a rough area. Yeah. So, you know, he spent most of his high school years kind of on the down low, trying to, you know, get between the icebergs, if you will, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, 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 so that he could make a success out of himself. Tried out for football his freshman year, and they cut him. Why? Well, I wasn't good enough. Wasn't good enough. Hmm. 
But then, by the time he was a senior, had a lot of touchdown yeah. catches as a wide receiver, played for SE State, and then went to South Florida. He changed to South Florida. And, uh, by the way, you know, two of his teammates were Shaquille Griffin and Shaquille Griffin. Remember the one right. uh, defensive player that was, you know, was missing the hand and right. that Pete Carroll drafted? Yeah. They were his classmates. Oh, I didn't know that. At Lakewood High School. Didn't know that. I didn't know that until today either. Wow. So I had this great extended conversation, and it, I'm just trying to explain to folks, it's so hard to get current players off campus mm-hmm. and just, you know, have a cup of coffee or something yeah. like that because, the, the, you know, the world has changed, and they're kind of under strict guidelines to not do those kinds of things, you know, for whatever reason. Um, but it was a, I, you know, I, I had to wait till I met this guy at the Super Bowl to get that all done. And now look at him. Look at him. One game away. And, you know, if Juju Schuster-Smith can't, you know, get it together, uh, right. maybe MVS is catching touchdown passes from Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. You know? Who knows? Uh, you, you bring up a good point of, about that. I want to come back because uh, there was something said on Mad Dog Sports Radio. Mad Dog uh, was doing, uh, Mike Mad Dog Russo was doing his show today. And was talking about Radio Row being here. Now, Mad Dog Russo is right maybe, you know, 100 yards from where we're at uh, down at the other end. And uh, I, But some of the things were said, and people were asking me my opinion of it uh, on both the live stream and over on Twitter. And I want to address that because you bring up a good point when you talk about not being able to talk to certain athletes about certain things and trying to get them off campus. We are broadcasting live. We're here inside the Convention Center Radio Row. Get a little bit of a breather from all the guests that we've had, which has been, been fantastic. It's been back-to-back-to-back-to-back guests. But we are now three days, four hours, ten minutes, and counting away from the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles kicking it off. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Robert's Specialty Meats. If you are going to get something to grill up, come the big game day. There is no better place to go than your hometown butcher. That is Robert's Specialty Meats. Go to Robert's Specialty Meats, Waukesha.com. That's Robert's Specialty Meats, Waukesha.com, and see everything that they have to offer because Robert's is absolutely fantastic. Again, Robert's Specialty Meats, Waukesha.com. And also, don't forget about, about our friends at uh, Sloppy Joe's and Smoke in the Water. If you're going to go out and check out the big game, Smoke in the Water is awesome out there on Okachi Lake. A ton of televisions, both upstairs, downstairs. I'm sure they're going to have a big party together over there. Stop in and tell them we said hi. Joe and Ellen Hennis, uh, congratulations to them. They're in Hawaii right now enjoying things before they get back for the run from Super Bowl thereafter. But, uh, you know, when they get back, I'm sure they're going to be tan. I'm sure they're going to be fired up. But they're also looking forward to a big weekend coming up for the game. So if you're going to go and use both places, go to breakfast at Sloppy Joe's, a good old-fashioned Wisconsin bar out there in Hubertus, just east of Holy Hill Road, and then head over to Smoke on the Water and catch the game on the big screens over there after the fact. Both of them, great places. Smoke on the Water and Sloppy Joe's, two Wisconsin institutions. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Live Radio Row is trying to get the camera over there. Uh, this entourage walks by, and I'm like, "What the hell is this?" And we've seen some pretty big heavy hitters walk through here. Joe Montana came through the other day. That was pretty big. We saw a couple of the stars, even Roger Goodell. And then this entourage of like 30 people. I'm like, holy crap, what has Rihanna done doing her, her halftime show? And, uh, no, it's Stephen A. Smith and people from Subway. So, you know, okay. I guess you, I guess that warrants a, an entourage of 20 to 30 people. He's but not going to sing, is he? I don't think he is. Okay. No, no. 
But just uh, making sure. But joining us here at the table, Tyler Dunn, GoLongTD.com. You can read his stuff there. How you been, man? I'm doing great. It's, yeah? it's always good to to see you guys in person. It's like we're sitting here having coffee up at or maybe a pizza at Sammy's or something like that up in Green Bay or something like that. Kind of a kind of a reunion type of thing. It's a beautiful thing. Good um, to see you, man. So you tell me uh, what you're hearing regarding Rodgers. You know, I think it's at this point it's gut feeling for all of us yeah. and trying to read the tea leaves, put two and two together because as always, passive aggressiveness from the quarterback, right? I mean, right. he. And I, I love the honesty. He's telling us what he's thinking and what he's going to do. But he, he likes the theatrical part of this. Right? I love the interview he did with CBS after the Pro-Am. It's like they didn't even bring up the Raiders' chance. He brought him up. Right, <laughs> he brought right. Him up. Yeah, he, he brought it up. She's like, oh, you kind of beat me to the punch well, he on that He does that, that every week on McAfee where one minute he talks about, I can't believe that this stuff gets started on the Internet. And then he goes on McAfee, and they bring up things that somebody tweeted I didn't see. And uh, it's news to me. I, w- I want to correct this erroneous tweet. It's like, a hundred people saw that, Aaron. You're the one You're the ones at pu- pouring the f- gasoline on the fire. For the guy that doesn't pay attention to the white noise. Right. Yeah. You know? yeah. He's not alone. I mean, Tom Brady d- oh, absolutely yeah. enjoyed. I mean, we know Brett Favre enjoyed this aspect of it. Everybody likes to be courted. Everybody wants to be mm-hmm. wanted. And if if he wanted to play football and he wanted to play football in Green Bay, uh, he would have just gone to the podium, you know, after he's doing the slow walk with Randall Cobb off the field and said, love it here. Yeah. We're going to run it back. We did some good things to close the season. Let's do it. But there, it was open-ended on his part. And what's interesting, though, Bill and Mike, it's, it's open-ended on Green Bay's part. We're seeing yeah. very reputable reporters, Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, say – that the Packers are open to the possibility of a trade. And it sounds like that ticked off the quarterback a little bit. To not be here's, privy my, to those here's my question. Let me ask both of you this, because you've co- you both have covered a long time, too. Now, when Rodgers said, which, again, he doesn't have to go out of his way to say it. They could have said, hey, there's some reports that the Packers, you know, would be open. He could have said, hey, Brian and I talked about what possibilities there might be, if indeed that's a direction, whatever. And instead he says, yeah, they're having some conversations that don't involve me. Interesting. Which now we all go, wait a minute, he's pissed. You know what I mean? It sounds like you right. said. It sounds like he's ticked off. He, if, if he doesn't say that, nobody speculates. Everybody just says, oh, it's copacetic. It's already something that's been there. Or, so, or, or in season to say, oh, it has to be a mutual agreement. Yeah. Which means he's putting himself right back to Brett Favre in January of 2008, who's got McCarthy calling him every two weeks and say. So, uh, you know, how are we coming along a decision? You know, man, I don't even want to think about football right now. Yeah, well, you know, we, we're getting close to March 15th, and we, we sort of got to know. And it, finally, at one point, he just turns to Deanna and says, you know, he won't, these guys won't stop calling me. All right, to hell with it. I retire. I'm done. Oh, okay, well, let's get you on a plane, you know, and we'll get you with Jeff Blum, right. and, and we'll get, get the microphones out, and we'll have you announce your retirement. Because Ted wasn't calling them. Ted was Ted was like, if you don't want to come back, that's okay with us. It's okay to retire. You know what? There's not a wait, no wait, trade. You're pl- the, this is the guy who wrote the story. This is the guy who went down to Hattiesburg mm-hmm. and on the big house with the 430 acres <laughs> and all that. And and where Brett told you, yeah, first, you know, Ted came down here and he's offered to cut out my locker and bring it down here to me. And then at the end of the driveway, he kind of said, you know, Brett, it's okay to retire. Didn't he? Didn't really talk. Just came to visit, right? You know, talk about the old days and all that. And Mark Murphy comes down and says, "All right, look, we we, we want you to remain a Packer. How about twenty million dollars? 
to be an ambassador to, to represent this franchise in the years past. And, you know, at that point, Favre's like, no, I feel better now. It's May. I want to go play for somebody. And if, if I'm not playing for you guys, I'll, I'll play for somebody across the street. At what point do the lessons of Ted Thompson, you know, come to fruition here for Brian Gutekinds, Matt LaFleur, Mark Murphy? I mean, that, that summer I was out there as an intern, you know, working at Packer Report and the Shawano Leader. I mean, what, what a way to get thrown into the business, right, as a college student. And I'll just never forget the conviction of Ted Thompson to be there at that shareholders meeting and have those, those brothers, right, come up to him with the petition. We want Brett Favre back. Sign right here. I mean, they're yelling at him. It was, right. it was a surreal scene for him to have the conviction to know Aaron Rodgers is our quarterback. We're getting behind Aaron Rodgers. We're moving on right after Brett Favre took you to the NFC Championship okay. game. At, at what point, right, Jordan loves performance and everything they know about right. him has to, has to enter the equation. But at some point, they have to be the bosses. You were, they haven't been the you bosses. Were right next to me when I talked to Charles Woodson the other day. And I asked him, I said, do you remember that conversation? He said, yeah, we knew how good Aaron was. He said, if you want to know how good Jordan Love is, you ask Jair. Because if, if he's running the scout team and he's eating him up, he's good. But if he's not, well, let's, but, uh, and, and that's the next question. So the the thing was, though, they knew what they had in Rodgers, which is the reason they said, Brett, here's your locker. We'll talk to you later. They don't know what they have, I don't think, specifically as far as winning goes and leadership goes in Jordan Love. Tyler, the summer of 2007, I'm standing there next to Bob again. We watched every rep, okay? And at the end of the – somewhere along that camp, I just said, I don't, want, I don't know who these guys are. I see a 4, I see a 12. And by about mid-August, I just said, 12 is the better quarterback. Favre is still warming up, as usual. It took him two or three weeks to get it going in camp. But 12 has got a better accuracy, quicker on the feet, but executes, carries out all the little stuff. You know, 12 is a better athlete. We know who the, you know, the more experienced you know, Ironman quarterback was. But I'm telling you, it was clear at the end of camp that 12 was a better athlete than 4 was. So uh, that was not the case with Jordan Love. And I had to watch Jordan Love through every snap of OTAs and mini camps before Aaron came for a day and a half for the mandatory mini camp in June. Aaron was there for one day, and I was like, oh, my God. The difference on the spin of the ball, the spiral, the accuracy and all that, not... Jordan's not even close to that. And that's just in, you know, throwing 30-yard passes to receivers. I'll say this, though. There's a value to learning on the job. Look at his own draft class. Yeah. Tua Tungavaiola was written up as a bust by everybody. And there was a point there where we're looking at him as an MVP candidate. Yeah. Jalen Hurts, I mean, it was not the Jalen Hurts that we see right now early in his career. Mm-hmm. And here, here's three seasons that you've just kind of quarantined Jordan Love to practice and meetings and pushed him off to the side and you had your opportunity after that Philly game six and nine a buck 13 a touchdown two of those incompletions were drops one a touchdown one that back shoulder Aaron Jones a beauty um, that was an opportunity all right Aaron you, you've got this injury uh, let's let's see what Jordan can do the rest yeah. of the season and and give him those reps and throw him in the fire because yeah, you're right. Practice you're, you're, you're going to know a lot about your quarterback but there's no simulation for what you get on an NFL Sunday. That was a missed opportunity. Uh, I get it. They, they had the, the this run toward the playoffs. They were in the mix a little bit, but they, they weren't going to do any damage in the playoffs. So they, you, you should have seen what you had in Jordan Love then. 
hopefully they have the guts now to move on and give him a shot this season. Let me talk about MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scanlon. The other night he said to Bill, yeah, free agency, yeah, uh, nerve-wracking. I don't want to go through that again. And to me, I thought, so this morning I said to him, so what you're saying is, you know, the Packers weren't calling your agent back. Free agency was underway. It had been about a week. They just traded Devontae Adams, and you're like, well, Hey, man, you know what? You know, why aren't you guys calling me? Uh, I said, is waiting for the phone, then suddenly the Chiefs are interested and they're giving you a call? Was that the way it went out? No. No, we had four or five offers. I couldn't decide. That's what was nerve-wracking. Do I need to make the right decision here? Mm-hmm. Where's the right place for me to go? Did the Packers make an offer? Yeah, they made an offer. So, you know what? Just like Greg Jennings. Say, like, okay, you know, we're going to lowball it. We've got other plans. We've got backup plans. We know that there's some guys on the board that'll be there, you know, in six weeks that we can draft, and maybe we can pick up, you know, one of the guys like Sammy Watkins or, you know, Julio Jones or somebody like that to to fulfill. But that's the way where MVS was coming from. Then I said, there are times, Tyler, where I've picked up in that locker room, the guys about 25 years old and younger are in the love camp because I've overheard them say stuff about, like, you know, how come, how come Jordan didn't get those reps? How come we you know, I mean, they're, that's their guy. That's the guy that they hang out with. And the superstar comes in. Uh, and you know from the guys that you covered, it's like, hey, if you've got one of these guys like Mahomes or Brady or Aaron Rodgers, even if you're the long snapper, you run out of the tunnel knowing we got a chance to win today, right? So overall, that's the confidence that those players have. But MVS said, no, there's no divide in the locker room. 12 is the man. Yeah. Aaron's in charge. So even though, I said, I said we're up there in the press box and Devontae Adams gets 165 targets for the season and we have to take four or five other receivers to add up to 165 to match all the throws that Devontae got. Shouldn't that offense be a little bit more balanced? We're, I swear to God, I see you running down the sideline with your arm up in the air and he throws to number 17 that's in, you know, got a safety over the top right. and a guy trailing him, Right. Doesn't that get frustrating? Well, you know, it's a, but you know what? P- publicly to, to criticize Aaron Rodgers is not. A they're good not going to do it. You will, you they're will not going to do right. it. You'll be wished away to the cornfield. They, 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 yeah, yeah, they are not going to do it. They're not going to do it. He's so, like a he's like a mafia head because he doesn't forget. <laughs> right. And he but he uh, decries cancel culture. Right. Uh, he 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 takes takes notes. He doesn't forget, and he will lash out. Yeah. Well, so you know? it's part of what makes them great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Pl- playing like that. Hey, yeah. you know, they, they draft a quarterback in the first round. Aaron Aaron wins two MVPs. Philadelphia drafts Jalen Hurts. Carson Wentz didn't react that way. Before we let you go, you tell me, do you think because we're probably two weeks away uh, or less from a decision? Do you think he's back? back I, think Green, Green Bay. I think Green Bay trades him. I, I think that they I think they wise up. They know that there's real physical decline. We didn't even really talk about his actual play. I mean, there was How much of that was the thumb, the knee, not maybe dedicating in the offseason? I get the sense that the last time we doubted him, he came back and won back-to-back MVPs. I think he's going to bounce back and have a hell of a season this year no matter where he's at. Personally, I think that'd be rationalizing if if, if you're Green Bay. I mean, look, there's not a lot of great quarterbacks in the NFC. We were just talking about Mm -hmm. that. I I get it. But to just throw away a promising young quarterback in Jordan Love, is, is it really worth giving up on this prospect that you've developed? We've now seen he's got some ability. Mm-hmm. He's got a big arm. He hits that back foot. It, the ball's out. Uh, I, I think that this is a franchise unlike other franchises that develops quarterbacks and moves from one to the next. 
uh, to, to hang on to Aaron Rodgers and screw your cap up even more and try to convince yourself that he's the guy, I, I think that even the Packers know that's the wrong decision and, and they'll try to get something for him. Like I said, gut feeling. Not, not, not coming from a, a, a source right. on that one. No, I agree. I, I get it. I think there's an opportunity because there's, what, 12, 13 good quarterbacks in the NFL? Yeah. I they thought can, they get something for I him. I thought at the beginning of the end of the season, I thought, he's back. He's back with Green Bay. They're going to run it back. He's even said, I'll make it more cap-friendly. That number is not the number, blah, 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 insinuating that. And I thought, oh, no, he's back with the Packers. And then I start to hear... You know, a lot of chatter, and I think, okay, maybe 70%. I, I probably, I said 60% of me says he's back with the Packers, 30% he gets traded, 10% he, out to, despite everybody else that retires and walks away from the game and comes out of the darkness uh, on, on that, Sunday that, morning that, that, and walks away. That's not going to happen. That, you know? That's where the darkness thing is yeah. so funny. Yeah. 58 million reasons. You know, you, you don't want to go into Canton with Tom Brady. That That's not happening. Yeah. He's not retiring. No. <laughs> well, Tyler, your backstories, man, on these players or coaches you know, it go along. It's the best of the business. I just love that stuff uh, because, as you know, it's it's just amazing. Some of these stories, what it took for these guys to get here or just sustain these jobs in the league or the, the weird door, one door closes, another one opens kind of stuff. I just I love that stuff. And just keep up the good oh, work man, with that. That's good so stuff. nice of you to say. It. really appreciate that. No, Mike. no, I, I know how hard you dig at it, too. So it's it's good stuff. Good stuff. Thanks for coming by, Tyler. Any Appreciate day, it, man. Face-to-face, face, we don't get this very often, so it's always uh, <laughs> always like a cool reunion, man. Going to go ahead and take a quick break. Broadcasting live, Radio Row. We'll be back right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. Glad to have you. The Bill Michael Show. We are on the air. We are live down here at uh, Radio Row inside the Phoenix Convention Center. Getting you ready for Chiefs and Eagles coming up on Sunday, Super Bowl 57. Uh, we'll be in the house over at State Farm Stadium and uh, Radio Row, the media center here, if you will. Uh, a buzz uh, with, uh, you know, with, you know, everybody. I mean, it's, you know, players and analysts and color commentators and television personalities and, you know, Peacock is up and running, and I don't even know what set that is over there. I think that's Westwood One. They've been doing their thing today, and I see Brian Erlacher running around over there. Uh, Doug Gottlieb's doing his thing. They did uh, the fan this morning with Boomer and Company and WR on CBS Radio. Uh, you got Pharrell and the gang, uh, Mad Dog Sports Radio and such at the end. Uh, one of the things that, and I wanted to go back to this before we got Tyler done, Mike. Um, I, I guess uh, Mad Dog was, uh, you know, uh, Mike Mad Dog Russo was talking about um, the uh, uh, Radio Row. He says, well, it's lost its luster. It's, it's, it's not what it is, you know, five, six years ago. Well, f- first of all, COVID changed a lot of things that have not fully come back. Now, yeah. I think this is back. Uh, it's not as crowded. Thank God it's not as crowded as it's been in the past. But every table's now taken and everybody's here. Yeah. Uh, but I'll say this, and, and this was something that was brought up uh, earlier, is that a lot of the young guys, you know, that used to roll through here, some of these guys are getting these contracts that are so big now with so much more guaranteed money, they don't have to take an extra 50 grand for to, off-season to, money. For off-season to walk around, you know, with sponsors and stuff. Where the other guys they used to or they knew the value of getting your face out there and becoming a, a spokesperson, much like Patrick Mahomes did when he was out talking to everybody and becoming better and better spoken, so to speak, uh, in doing interviews and such. And now look at him. He's doing these State Farm commercials, you know. it's You know what? It's no different than a high school reunion 
Right. You know, maybe you went to high school and you were kind of a loner. And you just wanted to be that way. You didn't join any clubs. You didn't go out for any sports. You went to class. You were nice. You got along with other people. But, you know, you never went to the dance. You never went to the games. You never came to the reunions. Right. And then there's other people who, hey, I was in two sports. I was in the plays. I was in the clubs. Right. And I go to the reunion every five years. And there's a lot of those players that, hey, if I can also pick up 50 grand and go see my, my boys, they go out to dinner. They hang out. They love talking football. They love comparing notes. They also make do a lot of networking that maybe helps them when it gets to their next contract, too. So, you know, there's still plenty of those players that want to come down here and to get on the radio uh, to, you know, do some streaming shows, that kind of thing, and get their message out and just build their personality. But because, you know, at the, at the bottom of the line, they don't want to be forgotten. They want to be remembered for what they accomplished on the football field, what their teams are doing, and uh, their legacy. And th- th- those are the guys that we're looking for. Those people will, will always be here. I, uh, I mean, Carl Eller, man, we talked to this yeah. Hall of Famer today. Yeah, he hasn't played in 50 years. Right. How much does he love football to come down here and talk to yeah. us like that? Yeah, to be able to do all of that stuff. I agree. It's, uh, it is, um, it's still really cool. There's still a luster to it. Uh, but what I get from a lot of the people, a lot of the sponsors and the people that are bringing players and such, uh, a lot of them are like, we got a half staff this year. They're back. They're, you know, they didn't do it last year or they're back from a couple people from last year. A lot of them are really gearing up for next year. Vegas. Vegas. Sure. Yeah, the Vegas baby type but, thing. Well, you know, let's not forget what happened during the pandemic was people started communicating over their phones and over FaceTime. Right. Doing video interviews that way. That became accepted to broadcasters, too, TV stations. Before, they would say, no, that's too grainy. You know, send, yeah. send a camera crew. They don't, they don't do that anymore. You, sometimes they can work right from their newsroom and get two or three sources for their story, do it all over their laptops or, mm-hmm. or telephones, get their sound bites, put their story together. So, you know, the world changed that way, too. So yeah. there might be there's these people say, yeah, but listen, I don't want to fly from my off-season home in Idaho, you know, can we right. just do it over FaceTime or yeah. something? Yeah, no, I, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a, a thousand percent better than what it was last year when we were in L.A. Right, and, and then, and then the, when the Buccaneers were the first team to win a Super Bowl in their home stadium in Tampa, it was a ghost town because we were in the throes of the pandemic with no vaccination. Right, yeah, no, I... I get it. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. We've got a final segment coming up. Broadcasting live, Radio Row, here in Phoenix, Arizona. Stay tuned. we got more after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you. The Bill Michael Show. We continue on. We are broadcasting live. We are here in uh, the uh, media center in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Three days, three hours, 30-plus minutes to go, and then you get Kansas City and Philadelphia kicking it off over at State Farm Stadium. Mike Clemens alongside and uh, wrapping up today's broadcast, which, uh, you know, again, thanks to Kyle Turley, thanks to Jim McMahon, thanks to Carl Eller uh, for all swinging by, Ross Tucker, uh, who's always been uh, so awesome to talk to and to get a chance to sit down and chat with him today. Uh, thanks to Lee Steinberg, 
the agent that uh, has been the agent to the stars and had a tremendous story himself for so many years. Malcolm Butler, who came by, who had that pick in the Super Bowl that ultimately gave the Patriots the win when everybody thought Marshawn Lynch was going to plunge it in, and he ends up picking off Russell Wilson, and the rest is history. Jeff Smolian, who is the the grandfather of sports radio. He's the guy that started it all. He's he's the guy with WFAN, and uh, his book is now out uh, called Never Ride a Roller Coaster Upside Down. And, uh, oh, my goodness, if it wasn't for him, I don't think any of us would probably be here. And if we were, it'd be in a whole different light. So uh, thanks to him for uh, coming by and saying hello as well. So all of those people and Tyler Dunn from GoLongTD.com with some good stuff. Mike Clemens here. And so, uh, Mike, uh, now you've got, uh, obviously, the Eagles have their presser. Uh, when do they, they lock it down when? They lock it tonight. They, yeah. Tonight's this, it. Yeah, this would be the last uh, press conference. They used to have one on uh, Friday mornings with the coaches, but I think even the media realized that, that that's senseless. So now I'm driving out to Wild Horse Resort yeah. in uh, Tucson after the show here today, um, about a half-hour drive or so. And it'll be a last chance to you know talk to the Eagles. Yeah. We're going to talk to T.J. Edwards some more, the former Badger linebacker. Right. Um, he's a good guy, really interesting story, too, in terms of, you know, there he's just sitting there, and he gets picked up by the Eagles. Um, that, <laughs> again, when you start looking at the shortages that you have at linebacker, it'd be nice if you had him in Green Bay rather than Philadelphia. Uh, and then, obviously, uh, we've got to Cigars with the Stars tonight, uh, which is always a tremendous soiree. It takes place during and a little after the uh, the Honors Banquet tonight. The NFL Honors are uh, going to present all the different awards you're going to see. The, uh, the NFL. Uh, so instead of Saturday night, it's on TV tonight. Yeah, it's on TV tonight. Weird. Uh, you're going to see the uh, the newest Hall of Famers. They're going to get the knocks on the doors. Um, and so that's all going to take place. J.J. Watt is right behind you. We have two minutes, and there's J.J. Watt. I thought that was him. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, there he is. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, no, this, this is his home now. He loves Arizona, yeah. man. Is he leaving or come walking past us? I don't know. Maybe we can, uh, I can get him to come over here in just a minute. He may be yeah. walking right past us here. So. I thought he walked past us a little while ago. I thought that was him. Yeah. I, it was wrong. So anyway, that being said, uh, so uh, may, who knows? Maybe we catch up and knock him down and we tackle him. He walks there you by. go. All right. Very good. So anyway, but uh, so we got that coming up tonight. And then tomorrow, uh, more guests, more interviews. And uh, then we kind of wrap it up and get ready for the game on Sunday. So you're going to be inside the stadium on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And looking forward to that. And is he leaving? Yeah. yeah he's walking out. Yeah. yeah. So ah, we'll, we'll touch base with him. We'll, we'll see. We'll send him a Subway sandwich or something, whatever the hell he eats. I, I can't, can't remember which it is. But uh, we'll get back at that, and then uh, we'll be back at it and uh, and go from there. So good stuff. Anything else we need to know? Uh, no. I, I don't know where to start. i got all kinds of stories to talk about, things that I've learned from former Packers today. Yeah. Um, and I'll give you this parting shot. Um, there was a coach who used to work for the Chicago Bears, and he's here. He's part of a Super Bowl team, yeah. but he's off there in a little chair by himself out there in the cold outside yeah. the hotel. Matt Nagy. Nobody talking really? to him. Nobody yeah. talking to him. All by himself. Oh, wow. That's what happens when you spend four years of your life with the Chicago Bears. There you go. <laughs> That's it, man. That's it. Time for us to get out of here. And uh, thanks to everybody that came by. Thanks to all of you for listening and watching over on the Bud Light live stream. We certainly appreciate it. And uh, we'll be back at it again tomorrow. Another one in the books. One more yet to go. Live from Radio Row in the Phoenix Convention Center and the Media Center. 
This is the Bill Michael Show. Time for us to get out of here. Have a good one. Hoop. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.